This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. And it is a great pleasure and an honor uh, to welcome the uh, the leader. Yeah, I don't know what his official title is, but we're calling him the leader of High Lifeline. By the way, uh, those of you who wonder if, um, if some of the um, well-known... Jewish magazines uh, feature high-quality articles and cover stories. I call your attention to this past week's Mishpacha magazine, or Mishpacha, depending on how you pronounce it, magazine, which has a cover story on the um, leader of High Lifeline, and that is Rabbi Simcha Scholar. And if you take a look at that, uh, at that article, and if you listen to this conversation, you will learn a lot about the organization and its history and to what it does for so many around the world now in 2019. Rabbi Simcha Scholar, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's a real, always a pleasure to be here. And um, it's exciting to be here because uh, you are truly the, uh, the heartbeat of the Jewish community, and it's, uh, it's great. It's I appreciate great that very much. If I'm the heartbeat, you're the lifeline, according to Mishbacha Magazine. <laughs> You know, I learned a couple of things, and you may be shocked because this conversation, as you know, could start from a million different directions. But let me say a couple of things that I think are so important to note. Number one, I, and I bet many, many others, did not realize that camp came before High Lifeline, meaning your first goal was to get a camp experience, one that has been lauded, rightfully so, uh, since then, all those years ago, to get a camp experience, whatever it was, eight, nine kids was small, obviously, compared to what you do now, and it wasn't Camp Simcha the way it is now. But that was your first initial entree into doing something for children and families who've been struck by terrible illness. And, of course, as you would suspect, anybody who's been observing for the last many decades would have thought it was the opposite, that High Lifeline, this service began, and then part of it, was the evolution of this camping experience. How significant is it that the kernel of the entire effort started with a small summer camp experience? That's a very interesting question. Um, I mean, it's, it's extraordinarily significant. I mean, it, the, it was purely altruistic that we started with a camp uh, for children with cancer, actually. That's how we started. Um, and it was kind of a nice thing to do. And then we began to learn about the needs of these kids. And their families. The whole, and their families. And the, whole, and the whole aspect of a sick child. And that was a brand new thing for our community and for the world community to really focus in not just on the client, on the patient, but to focus in on the family. And this progressive way of doing things really changed the way how the Jewish community looks at uh, difficult situations, mm-hmm. illness or or abuse, or many, many things that uh, many people have told me that because of our um, maybe chutzpah uh, 32 years ago. Tenacity. Uh, yeah, okay, you can say what you like, but the tenacity <laughs> and chutzpah, Baruch Hashem, but a lot of, a lot of help from the, from the one above. Uh, we, we began to put the issues and the problems and the situations of the Jewish community on the table to be able to, for, ev- for all of us, you know, to address it. How long was that summer camp? How many days? Was it a week, a month? What was it? It was a week. Maybe a week? It was a week. And by the way, as an aside, did not mean to interrupt you, but as an aside, did not shock me to read in that article that Ronnie Greenwald was involved. 
because when it came to revolutionary stuff in our community camp and beyond, his name was always attached to it. It was a very, and, and, and I'll tell you, it was a privilege. Um, I think it was three years ago, uh, we dedicated the shul in Camp Simcha in memory of Shlomo Zakheim, right? Um, who was also one of big, the yeah. one of the one of the mainstays of of, of High Lifeline, uh, and um, he came as a family guest, and I had the opportunity then. Meaning to Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie came as a family guest of the of the of the Zakheims, and I had the opportunity to publicly thank him, mm. and it really, we, I had tears in my eyes, and he had tears in his eyes. I, I probably was the only person in the room that understood what he did. And he had naches because he saw what what he helped create, and there were so many projects actually in, in the Jewish community yeah, that started, uh, you know, through Ronnie's um, help. But back and, to Chai, and chutzpah yeah. and tenacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good man. He was yeah. a very special man, and uh, and and he's wet, and he's sorely missed. Yep, he's sorely missed. And but so this is what happened, you know. So we we started with eight kids, and then we began to learn all about uh, the needs of uh, of a sick child and their families. And we began to open up the Jewish community's eyes to being able to deal with this stuff. We took the age-old Bikacholim visiting the sick, and we professionalized it, and we and we created uh, you know alliances with hospitals, with doctors, uh, and we've we are intentionally uh, inclusive to every member of the community. Uh, payas and ponytails are, are, are equal by us uh, <laughs> and it doesn't really make a difference who you are as long as you know you're part of the community so this probably uh, one of the reasons for your success by the way open to everybody so this is um you know this thank god is uh you know from us from a altruistic uh project it became a movement um where hundreds of thousands of families already have been have been affected uh, where the innovative programs have have encompassed every aspect of illness from the from the beginning uh, diagno- of the diagnosis, navigating through the difficulties of the hospital to being taken care of the child and then taking care of the family, the, in the psychosocial, recreational, financial um, way. To God forbid, if geographical, did, all the families that need to travel to different places correct, that you have correct, to facilitate, correct, correct. and if, you know, if God forbid, if uh, Someone, you know, if, if the children die, we have Project High, who's right. become a, a life-changing, um, community-changing experience. So, thank God, I've I've, I've been privileged to um, to be the head of this incredible organization. All right, Rabbi Simcha uh, Scholars here, founder of High Lifeline. Again, I don't mean to interrupt, but from a hundred different angles, we could we can continue this conversation. I know that today's a very important day for the organization because at twelve noon Eastern time, a, a major campaign is kicking off. We will get to it, but. Indulge me for a moment. In the introduction from Mishpacha magazine about their article about you, it speaks about, uh, I believe it's the Klosenberger Rebbe, right? I'm looking at it right now. just want to make sure I get it right, who says that chesed has to be exact. You have to deal with someone in a very specific manner. If they, if they ask for a Coke, don't bring them a Pepsi. And I think that from this conversation, it's one of the most important lessons that we, could, we can teach both myself and this audience, that... The, that one who is in a difficult health situation is, is, <laughs> has to be taken care of and dealt with in such a careful manner. And we, thank God as healthy people generally, do not realize that always. And we think that things that we say and, things and, um, and gestures that we make, bringing in Pepsi, because what's the difference between one and the other, right, uh, might be good enough. 
But that's not how this needs to be approached. We have to make sure, because of the situation that they're in, to service them in exact a manner as he described as possible. Maybe you can give us an even better example, but I think it's an important point. I, I think that is really the signature of Chesed, and that's the personality of Chai Lifeline. But the Kloisenberger Rebbe told me, and he was very precise, Pepsi and Coke. Right. He said those words. What he really meant is that it's not what's good for the giver. Because a, a lot of times people go in to a hospital and then they say, you know, I came here to do chesed and there's nobody sick. So instead of maybe reflecting, say, thank God there's nobody sick in the hospital. Let me go home. <laughs> so uh, the chesed, the kindness is not just for me. It's for, it's for, it's for doing it for someone else. And for the sake of, of God and for the sake of the Almighty, so it's doing what's good for the for the recipient of the of the chesed of the kindness, and that's very very important. It's not what's only good for me. It's what is important. What do they need? It's not at all what's good for me. What do they need? You what know, do they need? It, and, and and it's and it's and that's and that and that's critical. And it's very very difficult when you do a lot of it, but like you do with like with high life as we deal with five and a half, almost fifty eight hundred families a day. To make sure that every person that needs a Coke gets a Coke. Uh, that's a very, very difficult thing. But if that is the signature and the personality of who we are, then it gets done. And that's really and that's really critical for anyone that does any type of goodness. Do what's needed. Do what's needed. Even though sometimes what's needed is not the most uh, fanfare-like and mm-hmm. it's not the most public thing that's great, but that's what's needed. Allow me to expound on this for a moment with you as a sounding board. Therefore, when a family or a patient declares that they do not want visitors, declares that outside of those who they really need, the relatives and people like yourself who are there to really help them along this process, they don't want to see anybody. The people in the Hamonam, the people in the general public, should not take that as a challenge of how can I get into that room because, of course... You know, they may want they may they may they may they may have a blanket rule. We don't want to see anybody, but they probably forgot that you know I could walk in and make their day. That's something that people That's need to correct. keep in mind. And when you go in, you have to know exactly how to act. Sometimes a person's and uncomfortable. How long to stay? Person's uncomfortable, and uh, so be gracious. Say you know, say a few words and, and leave. A doctor walks in. Uh, you know, I've I've been in rooms where a doctor walked in. And uh, I was together with someone else, and I picked myself up and left, and the guy stayed there. So what are you doing here? Well, I, I'm here already. But it's none of your business what's going on. You know, and, 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 and someone that's in the hospital, they're not feeling well, and there are certain things that are going on that they need privacy, and, uh, and they don't want to talk about. And the person needs to be very, very, uh, very particular and very, very concerned and very and knowledgeable exactly what not to say. Sometimes the most important thing in life is what, what, what not to say versus what to say. Someone's in the hospital, someone feels, you know, some, there are people who want visitors, who need visitors, and you should visit them, and that's what Bikur Cholim means, visiting the sick. Right. But Bikur Cholim means to visit the sick and give what the sick needs. I mean, you know, the Talmud, the, the Gemara describes what various different uh, rabbis did for a, for a sick person, uh, sweeping the floor and, and, and other things. If that's what's needed, that's what's needed. It's not what it's not what I need. I don't need to talk about what I need to talk about. Uh, you know, um, someone said uh, I was I was also in the room of someone that was very very ill, and the guy this particular person walks in. So oh, my father was in the same hospital. 
really? The guy said, the, 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 the sick person said, really? Really? What was his um, condition? And he describes his condition was actually the same exact, similar to, to, to what this person had. They were in the same oncology floor. And how's your father doing? Oh, he died, but it's a great hospital. <laughs> is what the person says. The person that's sick. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I've been criticized, rightfully so, for doing something even more simple than that. Because I certainly would try to avoid bringing up other prognosis or, or medical results with, with a sick person in the room. But I've been told, don't walk into a hospital on a rainy day and complain about the weather when this person is trapped in that hospital bed and would do anything, including giving their own right arm to walk outside and be in that inclement weather. Don't walk in and say, oh, you're lucky you're inside today because they do not feel like they're lucky to be inside today. And that's, that's a, a really That's simple. a really good point. But yeah. I, I think it goes with the whole conduct of how one should... Right. Um, how one should act, and uh, we have to. It's important to visit people in the hospital. Right. It's important we don't want to, to help. Right. We don't and many want patients to, welcome it. Many patients want the company. You know. And it's a it's a very lonely place. The hospital. It's a very scary place. It's a very isolated place. My father Fam- said. My father said that the who you knew. You knew my father. My father said the Chavetz Chaim called hospitals the Almighty's prison, and that's a very powerful. Right, right, 100%. It's a scary place. And and family members get very, very tired by taking care of loved ones in the hospital. Yeah, they're wiped out. And it's important to relieve them. And and you know I've had experiences in hospitals. You walk into a hospital for 10 minutes, responsible for a patient, or... It's a draining experience. You're, you're wiped out. You walk into a hospital for a half-hour visit just to take care of something for your loved one. Anybody who's been in this knows it. It's just a draining experience. It is a building that saps you of your strength. Right. But they're, they're, you know, there are good people there, the staff. Sure. You have to, have to be nice and courteous to the staff. I, I will tell you something. I'll tell you something very personally. I never said this publicly. Um, when my father, Oliver uh, Shalom, in blessed memory, was, was, was in the hospital, um, I, I think it was his first, his first illness when I, so he was in a coma for a month or two, literally, I think I think about six weeks. Oh, yeah. Then he then then they brought him to a regular room. He was in ICU, and they brought him to a regular room. And I was with him for literally twenty four hours straight. And it was Friday night. And I was exhausted, and my father was getting out of the coma, and he kept on popping out of bed and kind of screaming, and then screaming at me, and and, and acting. He he wasn't really himself. He was acting. Uh, you know, it was violent, you right. know, and it was really, and I, and I was getting, I was getting nervous. I was getting upset. I didn't sleep for 24 hours. And I'm, I remember the stench of that, of that, of that, of that disinfectant in the hospital. I can still smell it now. And I, and I was like shaking my father and a nurse came in, a non-Jewish nurse came in and said, Rabbi, pick me up on my shoulders, leave. And I left. And then I went, I went to sleep for two hours and I was able to come back. I said, I, I say to everyone, Kathy, Saved my Olam Haba. Because if she didn't pull me out at that time, I don't, I don't know exactly what it, a person's a person. Sure. Just, just so there, there are good people there. I mean, the staff is good people there. Listen, yep. there are there are there are there are issues in a hospital, like in any system, and there are great uh, advocates for for Cholim, for sick people. There are many good organizations. High Lifeline is one of them. There are many others of people that that can help you, and, and you should uh, you know ask for advice and ask for and ask for help to advocate uh you know but it's a very difficult experience uh you know as you say uh, yep. it's not a the hospital is not a vacation not <laughs> at all and um and we should mention that there are many many wonderful hospital personnel doctors and nurses from our community which i'm sure makes you very proud a lot of great people from our community extraordinary extraordinary not to minimize any other communities but you've met Extra- many across extra- the board. extraordinary yeah. and um 
listen, we do have a very special community that uh, you know, people are visiting and people help. And uh, I've heard from many, many non-Jewish patients, how do I become Jewish to get all this help? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I register? Like, how do I change my name? <laughs> so, it's true, though. There's a lot of care being given by a lot of great organizations. All right, Simcha Scholar is here, founder of High Lifeline. All right, uh, today's an important day. How, what type of budget does High Lifeline have? If you were to be asked what their annual budget requirement is, I am assuming it is in the millions of dollars. It's about $28 million. But the Close the, to $30 million? That's, and that's just our domestic budget. We're not even talking about the international <sighs> But what's what has happened in the past four years? Our um, the our clients, our patients have increased between twelve to fifteen percent. Um, that's that's an awful lot. Um, and every part of the organization is actually being taxed because fifteen percent increase in your client body, everything becomes you know maxed. Whether it's Camp Simcha or Camp Simcha Special, or it's our case manager, or it's Project High, or our staff. It's becoming maxed. So we're, we have this incredible increase that we know is going on right now, even in 2019. We see it happening, uh, you know, the first two, two and a half, three months. So we find ourselves in a very, very, um, very, very interesting position. You know, Bike for Chais and, and, and all of our fundraising have increased, and, and, and the community has been incredible, absolutely incredible. But, you know... The, if the fundraising is increasing 10% and the budget is increasing 15%, so after three years, it becomes a you know situation that could you take another 15% increase. So what we decided to do is uh, create this uh, campaign right now to enlist 18,000 friends of ours uh, to help us um, alleviate this stress and be able to for us to continue our growth. There's not a single person... In, the, in, in, in our community that probably doesn't know someone who wasn't helped by High Lifeline, or clearly they can ask someone and they know somebody. So everyone here has been helped, and everyone has, has, has knows someone who has been helped. So we're asking for everyone to enlist for High, in a sense, to be able to help us more. And I think that this, the initial response has been incredible, uh, just from the ambassadors and the people that we're, you know, we've asked to help over the past, you know, leading up to the campaign today. I mean, thousands already have responded. So we were asking the, 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 the community to go on your phone and go, to, go, on, um, go online and list for high and participate in this campaign so we, we can be able to continue to grow. And 18,000 is a legitimate, uh, realistic number. You can get to 18,000 over the next 48 hours. I hope so. I hope so. I, 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 I really do. I Listen, I know that there are more than 18,000 people listening to you today. <laughs> That's true. And I know there are more than 18,000 people that are listening to you that know of someone that was really helped by highlight. By the way, I might argue that the majority of the people listening right now probably know someone now who's being helped by High Lifeline, even if they don't know... For sure, they can conjecture based on people in their synagogue, in their schools. 100%. They probably know someone who right now is being helped by it's not, it's, Between all the High Lifeline programs, it's, it's not feasible for someone not to know someone right. unless you're living in, right. in, uh, in Iceland where there, is a four, where there are four Jews. And I think we probably did have someone that came to Camp Simcha. I know from one of these places that I can't even pronounce. But, but So we're asking our friends now. We're asking the people that know someone that was helped by High Life. We're asking the families that were helped years ago. 
that Baruch Hashem, thank God, they have children. Clients of ours that got married and have children. That's right. We're asking former staff members that understand the magic of Camp Simcha. The thousands and thousands of former staff members, our pride and joy, our our alumni. We're asking our our friends in the community. Now you've been always been generous to us, but we're asking you this one time, and we have a matching campaign going on. And I think that we can uh, enlist these eighteen thousand people and raise significant funds. And I think we can really position ourselves to to you know to to, to continue this growth. It's forty eight hours to become one of the eighteen thousand supporters. It all starts today at noon Eastern time, which is just under. Four hours from now, it continues through Thursday at 12 noon Eastern time. And again, if you go to the High Lifeline website, you will see the banner right there at the top of the page. Every donation will be doubled. Every donation will be doubled. I know that this sounds uh, uh, unnecessary to say, but I'll uh, say it nonetheless. If you give $180, your donation is really $360. Look how much it's increased and how much more significant it is because you went ahead and have given uh, to High Lifeline. So again, be part of the 18,000. Enlist for High, that's what it's called. Enlist, enlist, enlist for High. You will see the young soldier that's on the correct. front, on the cover, on the uh, homepage. You'll see the young so- soldier encouraging everybody to become a High Lifeline precious warrior. Uh, we ask everybody to do so. By the way, silly question. I know it's silly, but I'm curious if there's an answer to it. Why the 15% increase? Why is it that we've had this significant increase? That's a increase? good question. Uh, that's a very good question. I don't. I cannot give you a scientific reason. Have there been other periods of time in the last thirty years where there's been quite a spike? Something that you and your office noticed? There have been spikes, yes, but not nothing like this in the past four years. Wow. Um, could be a lot of different reasons. You know, it could be our community is growing. It could be right. just the nature of uh, of the high life flying beast is just more and more accessible. Uh, you know, as as we we have and more and more we have sought four, after. Yeah, we have fourteen regional offices uh, you know, throughout the world. Uh, you know, it's it's part and parcel. It's not a new project. I, listen, I was here many years ago when High Lifeline was a dream, right. and uh, you, had, in your good gracious, uh, this has uh, you know allowed us to to spread the word. Today, it's it's part and parcel of the community. Um, so, all of these things together, you know, uh, our community is growing. Uh, it, so, things grow. The numbers grow, unfortunately, uh, in every category, including those who are ill and families that need High Lifeline. Um, in the Mishpacha magazine article, it does uh, note, and I'm so glad they did, that um, you have had the opportunity because we, we sometimes do um, express tremendous sympathy for those who are involved 24 hours a day in very difficult situations. Thank God in your case, you have been the Masada Kedushin at staff members, excuse me, at patients who have recovered and have been able to start their own lives with a partner, uh, with a wife or a husband. You have, um, you have been the Sandik uh, for babies, for sons that had been born again to survivors, to patients who had, with the help of High Lifeline and their families, really made it through and have gotten to it. So, so thank God, it is, for you, it is not totally a depressed picture. It is one that, that has extremes, but thank God you're able to celebrate very often. Baruch Hashem, you know, um, we're, we're illness, uh, recovery of, of, of catastrophic illnesses have, have, have really increased over the years. So we, you know, we've seen a tremendous increase in people surviving. We've seen a tremendous increase of even those that have lifelong illnesses to be able to live uh, normal lives even in an abnormal situation. We've created a situation where disability is a bad word. 
we only use the word different abilities. <laughs> there, we tell our, our campus and Camp Simcha Special, everyone can play ball. Some people run to first base and some people wheel to first base. But everyone can do what they have to do. It doesn't make a difference where you sit. It makes a difference where you go. That's the key. And we, Baruch Hashem, are able to do this. It doesn't make a difference how you look. It's, it, makes, it makes a difference how you feel. And that is, we, we've taken what is considered to be abnormality and made it normal. And this is the critical, the critical thing, that people are able to live. Today, you know, the survival rates have increased. Right. So the post-illness, post-traumatic stress or the post-illness has become much more complicated for us because it's much more larger. But we're able to help them and they're able to move into a normal, a normal way of life, you know, Illness has tremendous amount of stress on the family. Many, many marriages crack uh, during and after. But if you have situations like High Lifeline to, to, to keep it together as a safety net, then, you know, they kind of make it through, and then you're able to, you know, you're able to dance at the wedding. You know, I, I, I have a, uh, a wedding to go to, uh, you know, next week that, uh, you know, they asked me to, you know, to come, you know, I... And you've shared with me uh, privately that um, you, you do everything possible to clear your schedule for those. And believe me, you, you have a busy schedule, and thank God there are a lot of weddings. But you do everything possible to show up and be part of it. And for that matter, I do everything possible for a, for a staff member for a council right. wedding. Right, good point. Because uh, if the council invites me and calls me, I, I, no matter where, where it is, I try to go. Because the lifeline, the, the shama, the soul of our organization, of the Camp Simcha staff, the Camp Simcha alumni, the volunteers, that is the soul of High Lifeline. That is our ambassadors. Those are the people that, 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 that have taken our message and made it part of the Jewish community. All right, Simcha Scholar is here. Don't forget, if you go to the High Lifeline website, you'll see it all starts officially at 12 noon today, Eastern Time. You should be. Please make yourselves one of the 18,000 supporters, High Lifeline's Precious Warriors. Over the next 48 hours, every single donation will be doubled. Every single donation will be doubled. Go to highlifeline.org. You'll see the banner at the top of the page. Become one of 18,000 over the next 48 hours. Uh, list for Chai. Just go on and list for Chai. And list, list for Chai. For Chai. Yeah, that's what it's called. List for Chai. Enlist uh, for Chai. Dot org. Literally as if you're a soldier in the Chesed Army. Enlist for Chai. Uh, you see a lot of miracles. Any recent ones that you could share with us where the doctor said there's no hope and then, you know, eventually you saw a tremendous turn and you knew that Yad Hashem, the hand of God, uh, had answered the prayers of family and friends? You know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I hear this stuff very frequently. Um, you know, there was a young girl that came in from Israel for uh, what they thought was a last-ditch effort and uh, the doctor said basically... Um, go home and uh, there's nothing I can do for you here and the mother said absolutely not my, my child is going to live and then she went across the street to a different doctor and the doctor said listen for a mother with such a determination I'm going to try something some experimental thing and uh, well, Hashem, it, uh, it seems to be still be working so you know <laughs> and uh, you know uh, I, I, I met somebody we have a trip to Eretz Yisrael every year a trip to Israel with a with a um, one parent and a child it's kind of like a right. Thank you, God trip. Uh, so I, I meet, uh, you know, some alumni there. And there's one, uh, there's one alumnus girl who's now 30 years old and married with two kids, and she's still, 
uh, on the experimental treatment <laughs> and alive and kicking unbelievable so, you know something in this in this world we need to go to the finest of doctors and the best doctors we need to do our shtaldut we need to do our effort we need to do our research we need to be responsible in what we do and then we need to pray and we need to hang on to god and the ultimate success of everyone in this world is up to the lord and because i've seen children the doctor said don't worry about it i can treat you it's great you're going to be fine and boom they had a uh, an infection and it was, was over and then I've seen people that said, listen, you know, go ahead, go on top of the Empire State Building and jump will be an easier death. And Baruch Hashem, the boy's married, children, and uh, it's a thing of the past, you know, and the only person that knows about it is me. Right. Also good to meet doctors that know they are only messengers of the one above. That's also a good uh, As you say, there are a lot of doctors today that, uh, you know, Jew and non-Jew alike, right. that, that really understand. And that realize uh, that. Right. That they have, um, you know, a... A lofty mission. A, a, a lofty mission. And, you know what uh, I have found interesting in that Mishpacha magazine article, which as a camp person I, I really appreciated but never really realized it until uh, I saw it in print, and that is the ability in the middle of the night for campers to share their fears and emotions with fellow campers because we know what a camp atmosphere is like. It's much different than being home or not, you know, not, right, being, not being in a 24-hour experience. And when you're in that 24-hour experience, you have an opportunity to – to schmooze with, to be comfortable speaking to a staff member or fellow campers, and to really, you know, and that helps. That's therapeutic. It helps to just unload and get the and get all those emotions out and and regroup, recharge, you know, start again, and, and realize that this battle is a long battle, but one I got to be prepared for. You were in Camp Simple. You saw the sure. magnificent facility that, that that we have, and we, in the midst of building, uh, you know, new state of the art. Uh, they're not bunks, but they're like cottages um, for these kids to to be able to stay. And you know, you're talking about children that are very medically compromised, right. so they need um, you know room for for the doctors to come in and for machinery, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But and the and the winterized because we use it during the winter also. But we still kept the same bunk type atmosphere, for, <laughs> you know, for this reason because we want them to feel like they're in a camp environment. And there's uh, even though I'm not a camp person, uh, uh, my wife is a uh, was a big camp person. Um, it's funny, you know, I'm the camper. I'm not the camp person. <laughs> I become this, but but that's how life goes. But uh, but you know that that camaraderie, that right. that 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 unity, that which is so special about a camp. You know, so these kids really feel at home, and they're really able to unload, and, and they're really able to, you know, they the relationship that they have with their counselor. It's lifelong friendships. I we have supporters of High Lifeline today major supporters that are still friendly with their camper of 25 years ago amazing 25 years ago and they and they become part of their life uh, it's just an amazing experience i mean forget about all the girls and boys that want to become counselors again right. we're never going to get into that conversation <laughs> <laughs> that's not for today that's not <laughs> um it also must be revolutionary for a kid to discover in their first Camp Simcha experience that there are other kids going through the same thing. That yes, must be a yes. really important step for them. And yes. it wouldn't happen if not for the camp environment. There's not a single child that's in that camp or that ever was in that camp that was in a school that had other kids like that. Right. Like, maybe they had one other kid. Yeah, then whatever. it's an exception, right? It's every, every, this illness is, a, is an exception to the rule. Right. 
So you, anywhere you go, you're an exception to the rule. Right. You're isolated. Right. You have you're to be not part with of it. Kid gloves right, and, right, and, right, and dealt with right, differently. People and have spoken really, to yeah, differently. Yeah. Here they come here. They're a regular kid. Right. They're a regular kid. But being bald is 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 okay. Right. Having one leg is okay. No one looking at you as nebuch. Uh, you know, having a, a feeding tube is is okay. Going to a doctor is okay. You know, you can get chemotherapy in the morning, and 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 be in activity, be in activity in the afternoon. You you can you can be rushed to a hospital because you had an emergency on two on Monday, and the doctors will will perform their magic, and you'll be back on you know on Wednesday night, and like you you know you didn't miss a beat. There are kids that live every day of their life just to get back to Camp Simcha. You also, which is such an interesting way of putting it, I'll tell you. You also see that the famous statement that happiness is a choice is really a choice because who could have a better excuse to be down in the dumps and depressed than a 10, 12, 15-year-old kid who has whatever it is they have? Who has a better excuse? And what happens? We show up. For instance, we've been up at uh, Bike for High. We show up and meet these campers, and they're just the happiest people in the world. And it's just, it makes no sense, quote unquote. But then again, like I say, this is human nature where you get to decide if you're going to be happy or not. So if you put Kem Simcha together with the entire high lifeline world, so that with this, the child of the family is not just energized for two weeks in the camp, but, it's, but, they're, but they're taken care of for 52 weeks, right. then the camp becomes, a, you know, the, the camp experience is magnified to an incredible, incredible experience. It's a, it would be a great experience just for, the, just for the two weeks. When you put it together with the whole family, the whole family becomes a different type of family. The happiness is just not a momentary uh, you know, inspiration. The, hap- the happiness becomes a lifestyle. And that is the key to, to, you know, to the high life line. And and the reason why we're talking today because we need to have more children come into you know come into that place come into that camp. We need to have more more children and families being helped by high life. That means you probably There's, have to expand the camp. We have to do all these things, right. and this is this is part and parcel of why we want people to enlist for high. We want people to enlist for high. A, you're supporting us, and B, you're showing us your solidarity. This mitzvah is for everyone. It doesn't fall upon just a few hundred employees and a few thousand volunteers. It's for every member of our community. Who's the chairman or chairwoman of Enlist for Chai? Is there somebody that's at the top of this list as a lay leader? Or is that you? Who's as, the commander in general? Yeah, or is that you as, uh, as uh, founder of the organization? <laughs> Nobody's been designated to be the uh, five-star general? or. Uh... Listen, I bought you a, a, a T-shirt. Oh, that's it, me? It, it has five stars. Holy cow! <laughs> Holy cow, I didn't realize that just by accepting it, I had accepted a role like that. Everybody out there, enlist for Chai. Go to the Chai Lifeline website, chilifeline.org, starting officially at 12 noon today, Eastern Time. You can enlist for Chai, and every single time you donate, yeah, why not multiple times? Why not? Every time you donate, your donation will be doubled. 50 is 100, 100 is 200, 180 is 360, 10,000 is 20,000. There's no limit. Enlist for Chai. Go to the Chai Lifeline website, chilifeline.org. It's the first thing you will see uh, when you get to that home page. Join the fight and help Chai Lifeline get to 18,000 supporters over the next 48 hours from 12 noon Eastern time today until 12 noon Eastern time on Thursday. And we've had this pleasure of speaking to Rabbi Simcha Scholar. I could speak to you for God knows how many more hours about this stuff uh, here this morning at JM in the AM. And I hope that, in fact, 18, more than 18,000 people, I God hope. God willing. Come through over the next. We're very, very. We're, we're very confident. We know the Jewish community. We know our community appreciates the work of Chai Lifeline, uh, and um, we know that they will um, support us. And we know 
most of all, they will support they will support the high warriors, which are the children themselves. Yeah, they are children. They are rather warriors who are uh, extremely brave, very courageous, and a scholar gets to see them on a daily basis, just how brave and courageous they are. I am dedicating this conversation, Le'ilu Nishmas, Harav Moshe Yonab, and Harav Zev Halevi, my brother was somebody that Rabbi Scala knew very, very dear, well. Dear friend. His yard site was the fourth of Adar 1. Today is the fifth of Adar 2. Oh, wow. But the reason I'm doing it is because every single time we mention on this show getting screened for esophageal cancer or for colon cancer, any of the simple screenings that are available out there, it seems every time we do it, someone then calls us and says that they or their relative went ahead and followed our advice, and Baruch Hashem, whatever they have, was caught very, very early. So... Let's save some lives, not just by giving money, but by reminding everybody that there are endoscopies available, colonoscopies available. And Rabbi Scholar has seen the suffering, as I did personally, of somebody who is in stage four cancer. And if we can prevent even one person from that type of suffering, then it's worth all these announcements and all these reminders. So. Maisha was a very... Uh important influence on my life it's for a different conversation <laughs> but uh oh was, in, in I, fact <laughs> one of your best stories has to do with purim so it's that's funny right. it's this time of <laughs> year right. but anyway let's not talk about <laughs> right. that right now <laughs> rabbi simcha scholar founder of high lifeline uh we wish him all the hatzlacha in the world and getting eighteen thousand people to enlist for high go to the website highlifeline.org and really step it up starting at 12 noon eastern time today the campaign goes for 48 hours and everything you give is doubled. Thank you, Rabbi Scholar. Thank you, Nachum. Freilich and Purim to you. you and good luck with the campaign. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. <laughs>